And welcome back to Zombie Squadcast here on YouTube, Dead on Pictures. And with me today is Aaron Marcus. He's an actor, professional actor, acting coach, modeling coach, etc. Um, I'm familiar with Aaron through a website that I used or I used to use daily called Dragon of Connects for a lot of local um, hiring, uh, casting, and even crew work throughout the DMV, even with, um, I, I would say, the, the Northeastern region, Philly, Delaware, New Jersey, New York as well. And I found Aaron, Aaron Marcus's sites and socials on dragonaconnects.com and watched a number of his videos on his YouTube channel about booking auditions, you know, step-by-step, a lot of little tidbits on how to book auditions, a lot of acting advice, a lot of modeling advice. And for me personally, uh, we'll, we'll get into more about my acting style and what it is I look for as far as acting gigs. But what I found Aaron's, a lot of Aaron's tutorials and guides, extremely helpful in my regards is just booking the audition. First, you have to book the audition before you can you know, even get the job. That's like the step one to getting the job. So without further ado, Aaron, if you don't mind introducing yourself, telling us what you do and, and uh, what you've been up to. Sure, so, and thanks, Greg. Um, so I've been, a, uh, I've been very fortunate. I've been a full-time actor uh, for a little over 33 years, booked over 1,250 jobs, and still, I still live in Baltimore. That's my home base. Uh, I do have to travel. Uh, a pretty good amount just because I couldn't survive just trying to work locally. Uh, but I do everything I can get my hands on, whether it's uh, TV series, feature films, independent Excellent. films, training films, voiceover work, TV spots, commercial print. And, um, and then on the side, something I really love doing, uh, as you mentioned, I do private online mentoring, which is a lot of fun for me. Um, I do, I've done over 800 in-person and online workshops, so I traveled the globe for that, wrote a book, had to become a successful actor and model, and so that's, that's really all that I've been doing for a really long time. Yeah, I saw in your email, you just have a, a whole slew of social links, just about every, every social platform there is, you've got it. Um, awesome, awesome. So, I First and foremost, how would how are you professionally? How would you say you've been impacted for maybe the past month, month and a half with this, <laughs> with the, the the whole quarantine, stay in place, negatively, yeah. negatively, positively? Um, I'd say let's start professionally. How would you say you've been impacted? Yeah, well, it's so professionally. Um, so I had a ten day tour set up to be giving workshops throughout South Africa um, wow. okay. in mid March. And even though people were telling me, oh, there's nothing happening in South Africa, it will be fine, just come and, and let's, you know, let's do this. We've been working on this for a long time. Uh, I decided to cancel. <laughs> and you did. So, you, you, you took the step to cancel. I did. Yeah. Okay. And, and I know it's, it was funny at first, they, they weren't thrilled about that. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, well, it's okay. You can be angry. Uh, I, I understand. Um, but I felt that my health and my life and potentially bringing something back to my family uh, in case something happened uh, was worth a lot more to me uh, than, you know, financial thing and all that. So, um, and virtually 
everything acting and modeling wise has shut down. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's had a bit, bit of an impact. Um, it's funny, I, I still have, I've had a couple of auditions. I mean, they're home auditions mm -hmm. uh, for projects that hopefully, you know, will be coming back. I'm on, they, they call it the short list uh, mm -hmm. for a new TV show uh, in New York, which essentially, look, I, I'm still far away from it. I mean, short list, there are tons of people who audition and they narrowed it down to a couple people. So who knows? But uh, so in that sense, you know, it's been tough. Um, uh, on the positive side, I've been doing more online mentoring, which is mm -hmm. good because people understand, look, you're at home. There's not a whole lot going on uh, in the industry. So why not get prepared and be better uh, than you were before? So that when things do start happening, which, you know, I'm assuming at some point things will, um, you'll be in better shape and further ahead than where you were. So that's been fun. I've even done some online workshops, which has been uh, really enjoyable. Uh, I still do, and I, I didn't mention, so I, I do monthly webinars, you know, kind of similar to what you know, you're doing. And so I did have an opportunity to uh, interview a couple of people during this time period and then it gets edited and uploaded to my website and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I've been really, really busy. I've also created, uh, as you were mentioning too, on my YouTube channel, I do have, actually I'm up to like 215 acting and modeling quick tip video, videos. So I've been shooting more of those uh, during this time period. And, you know, I'm going to roll them out uh, like I normally do, you know, typically once a week, something like that. So, I mean, I've been really busy awesome. um, cleaning my house a lot more, been exercising oh, yeah. more, which is good. Oh yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm just like, I, I just feel very fortunate that right now I'm feeling good. Uh, my family's okay. My kids are out of the house. So, um, you know, it's sad. I can't see them, can't hang out with them, uh, but they're doing okay. And so, you know, look, I, I feel very fortunate that uh, I'm doing all right. So you know, it's, 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 a, it's a tough time period for everybody. And kind of like with everything, sometimes you read the paper and you think, what in the world is wrong with people? I mean, during this time period, trying to take advantage of people. And then you see just amazing things that people are doing to help each other. So of course. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty eye-opening time period too. Yeah, you raise a good point, And I've stressed this a lot um, before is that to stay busy and to stay productive in this time, because, you know, there are some doomsayers. When is this going to end? You know, this is never going to end. Me and the wife, we just brought our first child home March 4th or 5th. Wow. And so, wow. And, thank you. And, you know, she's very concerned about, you know, we're getting gypped, you know, the grandparents should be coming over, you know, one day a week or twice or twice a week to take maybe six hours away from us so we can go on a walk, so we can go to dinner, we can go see a movie. And we, and we're not, and we can't, and we can't have that yet. But I think it's important for us, for me and her, to be in this kid's face, reading books, you know, watching cartoons, playing with toys, doing a lot of STEAM, I think they call it now. It used to be called STEM, and now it's called, now it's called STEAM. And, and really kind of, you know, getting, let, having this kid get to know us professionally, and, and that's personally, and, we'll, and I want to ask you about how this is impacting you personally, but professionally, you know, people need to remember that this is going to end. 
and this, so this is a great time to write that book, to, to edit that passion project, to, to, to do a podcast or do a lot of these videos uh, that you're doing, do a lot of these instructional videos on, on the YouTube channel to build the brand so that when the floodgates open, for, when the doors are allowed open, when the gates open, we can take that product and then, you know, expand on it more instead of just sitting on the couch watching TV. Like I'm doing a lot of binge watching. Don't get me wrong, right. but <laughs> and a lot of, yeah. and, and a little bit of reading. I wish I could read as well as I used to, but it's, and, in you know, it's, it's interesting. You brought up a really, uh, a really good point. So I, it's interesting. So 30 minutes ago, got an email from uh, a New York agent and she said, I've got an audition for you. And so this was the second audition that I got from her probably in the past week. One was for an independent uh, ultra low budget film being shot in Pittsburgh. And for that one, I, de I decided not to accept it. I just thought, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to travel. Well, first of all, I'm not traveling anywhere right now. I mean, they were talking about shooting sometime in the summer, but I just thought, you know what? I, I just don't want to travel that far for an ultra low budget project um mm -hmm. so honestly it felt good i've never turned things down in my life never <laughs> well, and, yeah. I, and i just thought i've got a lot going on right now um i i just don't want to do it. so yeah so i turned that one down and then but it, it, this and this goes to exactly what you were talking about she just sent me another audition and it's, it's a huge casting company uh, up in new york and i'm reading it and I'm confused. I didn't really quite get it. I had some ideas, but so I had to write her back. And I said, is this an audition for a project or is this kind of like an open call where they just want to see actors put themselves uh, on tape for an audition and then they just want to see who you are so that when things start rolling again, they're more familiar with your work and then potentially exactly. bring you in. And as it turns out, that's what it was. I kind of thought that's what it was because I, I was, they said, you know, pick and choose the role that's best for you. And there must have been 18, 19 different roles for guys in my age category. And I'm thinking, I, I don't, so that's what it is. And, and I thought, you know what, that's interesting. So during this time period, I've got to do this by Friday. I'm going to work on this piece. Honestly, there's a part of me that thinks, I really don't want to work on all this. It's not, it's not a project. You know, it's not something I could get booked for. And then the other part of my brain says, what are you crazy? These are big casting directors. You're going to get an opportunity to be seen by these people. How could you not jump at this opportunity? So of mm -hmm. course I, so um, like, like you were saying, you know, this is a time period where you want to get better at what you're doing. So you're, you know, you're more prepared when things do get uh, started again. And of course, things are going to start again. It's just a matter of when. Absolutely. And the caveat off of that, we've seen a lot of, uh, especially these commercials, because I have Hulu and Netflix. Unfortunately, Hulu has a lot of commercials on it. But I've seen a lot of these new PSAs and a lot of these new commercials where people are shooting on their phones or on a small little tripoded camera from their kitchens. A lot of these famous actors, a lot of famous public figures. And even um, I saw a Kaiser Permanente PSA about the coronavirus. And coronavirus dot 
com or gov or org or something like that. And they're sending, they're, they're putting out a lot of these commercials, PSAs, whatever you want to call them that are self-submitted by professionals from their home or from their, from their office. And they're not going to sets. And I think what that is expanding on is again, what you're doing, what, what you're doing with your socials and, and your media and your, and your channels, what I'm doing with my channels and what a lot of other people are doing is they're finding ways to do it from their home. They're, they're, they're experimenting with their home studios. They're experimenting with their maybe some green screen stuff or some drapery. Like I have like crazy branding right here behind me um, of, of different projects that I've worked on in the past. And I just hung it up and this is kind of like my backdrop. And there's a lot of people finding different ways of, of doing these different projects. And I'm lucky enough to where I worked on three different ultra low budget projects. Um, Cause I also do crew. I also do a lot of, producing, directing, writing, as well as acting. I actually got into acting much later. Uh, but I shot a bunch of stuff. But since I was full-time out there gigging it, you know, maybe shooting a bunch of conferences or, or second ADing on, a, on an indie thing or acting and this acting and that acting and that and getting that steady paycheck, now that I'm quarantined to the house, I'm doing, I'm, I'm knocking out, I'm banging out this passion project, which I think will be a phenomenal thing. Maybe it's a web series. Maybe it'll be this extraordinary little short film that could get turned into a feature in a year and a half. Because like we said, this is not going to be a permanent, permanent, this is not going to be society permanently. You know, if, yeah. once these floodgates open, it's like, what have you done in the last year? And if you're building something kind of like on a quarantine hack, that could get turned into what you know, your standard, your traditional narrative film or na narrative series or, or, or narrative web series or what have you. And, you know, and it's really funny. There were two things that, that just came to mind as you were talking. One is the last person I interviewed for my, actually it's my April video, is a woman who writes and has sold her script. And I thought, man, that's a great video to put together. Um, how to write and get your script sold. Mm -hmm. And so during this time period, yeah, if you've got an idea, absolutely, like you were saying. And here's the other thing too um, that, that I just thought of as you were talking. There's a, uh, there's a company actually in Baltimore, it's a, it's a huge company, and they've hired me, gosh, probably about 11, 12 times to help them with casting. They do a lot of films, uh, just selling their products. And so um, I've had to find tons, tons of actors, uh, you know, for this. And the latest one, which was just a couple of weeks ago, um, because nobody was going out and shooting right now, they said, look, here's the project. This is the, you know, the age category. This is what we're looking for. And the actor has to be able to shoot the video in their home. It has to be high enough quality that we can use it. So wow. I sent out um, a mailing. I do have a bunch of people on my website or my email list. And, and, and by the way, if there's anybody who's watching, if you want to be on my email list, just in case there are future castings, or just to get my information, you, you can just go to howtoactandmodel.com. It's all spelled out. And uh, you'll be on my list. So if I ever, you know, if I'm hired to cast other people, uh, you, you know, I can have, I'll have your name and email address. But the interesting thing is there were a number of people fit the category perfectly, had a lot of experience, 
but they didn't have the knowledge or any kind of equipment uh, to shoot a uh, you know a decent quality uh, video at home, and yeah. so I couldn't consider them. Yeah. So you know during this time period, look in today's today's world, you have to know how to shoot things from home. Look, you don't have mm -hmm. to have a hundred thousand dollar you know. And and this and this was pre this was pre quarantine. This was pre COVID. I so. so uh, and not to cut you off, I definitely yeah, want to, that's uh, okay. but just a caveat off of that. Uh, I graduated from Towson uh, University uh, with a bachelor's in film and TV production. And that, hey, and, I almost did. <laughs> you almost did. <laughs> I spent awesome. two years there. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And uh, that was 04. So I'd say in 05 is when I started, you know, working in production. 2010 is when I broke out full-time freelance. Then I joined the, the DC National Guard, just as kind of like, you know, a, a, a secondary or tertiary thing to do in life. I joined the DC Army National Guard. I deployed for nine months and someone said, when you get back, I have some acting gigs for you. I seen you in uniform, you're familiar on set. And it was like, boom, Start act, I started acting and I pretty much used the, the, the military, the Army and the National Guard as my acting school for, and I'm an MP in the National Guard and the Army. So it was law enforcement, military roles, I've played a detective in those crime shows on ID maybe 80 times, you know, a different, maybe one or two episodes per series on, on those ID crime shows as a detective, uniformed cop. Sometimes, very rarely, I get lucky I'll play a stepfather or something different <laughs> just to branch out. But really, to be honest with you, I'd rather be typecasted. I'd rather play a detective nonstop, full time in something. I'd love to be the next Ice-T or, uh, or Belsner on, on an SVU type thing. That, that would be my dream job is play the same cop for 80 years. I don't care. But uh, now I forgot. Oh, but like, like you were saying, I'm, I'm kind of lucky that I already know production. I know how to set up a white screen with, with three-point lighting. Or I know how to set up a green screen with three-point lighting and an extra light to, light to properly light the green screen. And to do, the, to do this, that, and the other thing to where I could do what people are asking for now. You know, shoot something with with a, with a, with a hot, high quality audio, high quality video from home, because I've done it with these two passion projects that I shot months ago, way before even we even knew what coronavirus was, and now that's what I'm cutting here. So I'm kind of lucky, and um, maybe, maybe you can maybe you can uh, agree or disagree with me, but a lot of the times I'm acting or 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 crewing on a set. And uh, parents will come up to me or, or, or start just actors just starting off. So what is some advice? How do you think I should, you know, learn this, learn that? And I'm like, you know, go to your acting classes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of mentors on YouTube um, and, and you just have to be one of them. But what I tell a lot of actors is if you got nothing going on, start applying to like PA gigs, be a PA on set. If you've got nothing on your schedule, you're not making any money apply to PA gigs and you'll learn the set. You might be one day, you might be running back and forth, getting coffee, doing like the, the, the kind of crap that nobody wants to do on set. But there's another day you might be holding up a boom because you're a PA and that sound guy needs you to hold up a boom for, and you're going to learn how a set works. You're going to see what a director needs of actors. And, and I think that's where I'm blessed because, you know, I'm a trained director. I'm an experienced director, producer, videographer but also then started delving in acting so when i delved into acting i knew what a director i already knew what directors wanted and what crew expected get your butt 
into the, onto the set when they're ready for ready to shoot, get the heck out. When, when go to holding, just go to holding and sit there. Stop, don't bug people. When to, when are we going to wrap? And maybe you could, you know, delve into that. Yeah, actually, and you have some great points. There was a guy, most people probably wouldn't know his name. His name's Clark Johnson. Clark Johnson was, uh, not was, he is, he's still around. Clark Johnson worked on uh, the show in Baltimore many, 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 many years ago. It was an NBC show called uh, Homicide Life on the Street. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar it was David with David Simon's um, book that got turned into this uh, television series and it was produced by Barry Levinson and uh, Barry Levinson and Tom Fontana. Clark Johnson was one of the detectives. Mm-hmm. He was just, I tell you, I, I, I did um, stand-in work uh, on that show for about a year and a half. Then uh, a little bit later, I actually booked a role on it. I mean, it was just a day player role, but um, I got an opportunity to be on the set every day, 12, 13, 14, 15 hours for a year and a half. So when you're talking about being a PA, absolutely get onto a set. And uh, being a stand-in is another option. And for for people who aren't that familiar with it, uh, you really don't have to have any acting skills. Like it's helpful, but you don't have to. Basically, you've got to be the exact height of the, well, let me back up for a second. They're going to hire a stand-in so that when they're getting the lights ready, they're getting the camera angles ready, if there's any movement with the camera, they will have the stand-in do the exact same movements or just sitting in a chair as the principal actor. So that way the principal actor can be doing whatever he or she needs to do before they're shooting the scene. Once they're ready, the second team leaves, those are the stand-ins, first teams come in. So. Look, sometimes stand-ins do look just like the principal actors. Most of the time, they don't. You don't have to, but you do have to wear the same size wardrobe. You have to be the same height, same facial features, skin tones, so that when they, once again, they're balancing the lights, everything works out perfectly. Mm-hmm. That is a great opportunity to learn uh, because you will be up close. Look, you can do that as an extra sometimes, but oh, yeah. you, know, you never know. As an extra, you could be one of 10,000 people in a football stadium and you're not going to really see that much when you're standing you are right there watching everything learning if you do it properly you're going to learn all the different jobs that are on a set so Mm -hmm. getting back to clark johnson clark johnson here's a guy who had tremendous success He, he did some other television shows then he actually got into directing and he's been direct i see his name pop up uh, on Homeland, I've seen his name pop up uh, for like a bunch of different shows. He started off, he, he, he was born in Philadelphia. Actually, he tried out, I think, for the Giants or the Eagles. Um, I bl- Actually, I just lost you here for a second. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sorry. So I'm doing a screen share here and I'm showing. Oh, for- oh okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have warned you there. I'm sorry about that. So oh, that's okay. No, that's cool. Anyhow, he uh, he wound up moving to uh, Toronto, mm-hmm. and he really got started in the industry, working uh, special effects on movie sets in Canada. Mm-hmm. That's how he got onto the set. Yeah, I mean his 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 screen credits are just unbelievable. Absolutely. And he wound up uh, going to Los Angeles. He was sleeping on a friend's couch 
Yeah. And he happened to get this audition for Homicide. And that's what started his career. So as you were saying, man, you know, get onto a set. And you, you know what's interesting too? You might find, you know, you're thinking, I want to be an actor, I want to be an actor, I want to be an actor. Get onto a set and really see what's going on. And who knows, you might find, you know, acting seems fun, but I don't know. I like doing lights. I like doing mm -hmm. sound. Maybe you're not going to see this on the set, but maybe editing is something that really interests you. Maybe doing locations and finding areas where to shoot. Who knows? But you know, the point is you've got to be proactive with whatever you're doing, whether it's acting or modeling or working on, it doesn't make any difference. You know, for people who have this mentality of, hey, people tell me I'm really a really good looking guy and people tell me I'm really talented, I make them laugh, I should be doing comedies and you know, I'm sure I'll be discovered. That's just not reality. You right. know, there are reality shows where people seemingly get discovered overnight. And you know, those things do happen, but typically that doesn't last very long. And you might be known for a couple of weeks, then the show's over and your career is gone. I mean, there are a handful of people, especially singers that you might you know, know about who have really had a tremendous career after doing some reality you know, mm -hmm. voice shows and stuff. Yeah. But the majority of those people, nothing really happens to them. And so you can't just sit around and wait. Look, I've worked with lots of different agents in different markets. And still, I market myself, and I work hard at making sure that people know I'm still around. And and I always, you know, I used to always hear this adage of, you know, this person was lucky. It's you know, uh, it's who you know in the industry. I, I have a different, a slightly different take on that. It's not who you know in the industry. It's who knows you in the industry. Exactly. Exactly. And and so that way, I think it's so important to always be on people's minds. And it's easy, especially if you've been doing this for a while, it's easy to get lazy. It's easy to think, oh, I've been with this agency for 15 years or 20 years. Of course they all know. Well, you know, there might be a couple of new agents who've come to the agency and they have no idea who you are. Yeah. And I remember, and this was a little while ago, I called up an agency and I said, oh, hi, I'm Aaron Marcus. I'm like, yeah, what is this a reference to? You know, I don't want to say, what is this? I've been with your agency for 25 years. What do you mean? And but it hit me and I thought, you know what? I, I shouldn't be angry at this person. I should be angry at myself. I didn't work hard enough to make sure that these people knew who I was. Like you didn't like, you know, stay in touch and keep reaching out. And even, Absolutely. And, and even if, it, uh, and, and I take it, maybe you're repped by more than one agent. I am. But if agent one got you a uh, homicide life on the beat, tell agent two about it. Oh, absolutely. Now, I'm not going to say, hey, this other agency got me this gig, but no, of course. But not, not, not in that sense, not, not in that sense, but let's say, you, right. know, you know, hey, just to, just to keep you informed, da 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 I, uh, I, I've been staying busy with this, 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 this. You guys got anything for me? Hey, Aaron, yeah, you know, you got to stay in touch and you got to remind them who you are. And, and you know what? And here's the funny thing. In some ways, it doesn't even really matter what you say. You know, you, you, you could say horrible things to somebody <laughs> but what's important is that you jar their memory and and here's here's just a little a little tip uh that i like to share with everybody if you are sending an email to somebody assuming you know 
they know you because uh, I can tell you nobody's gonna a lot of times people just don't open up unsolicited emails today but make sure that your headshot and your contact information is in the signature in your email mm -hmm. because you know they might not remember your name but maybe they'll remember your face so make sure that's there and something else that I also highly recommend I know people used to always send out postcards to people everybody used to do that I haven't I've been done that kind of stuff for years sometimes though I will send out a letter through the mail and because that way I know they're going to get it a hard I letter. know they're going to open it up a hard letter a hard letter Snail yeah letter. I'll type something out because wow. my handwriting is poor yep. and and in the letter I make sure that my headshot is on the top you know I have you know with my name headshot once again contact information and, and just speaking of contact information, I know I'm kind of jumping, but just no, trying fine. to throw out a lot of Perfect. helpful information here. So sometimes when I'm casting for projects, uh, I make it really clear. Uh, this is how I need you to label your video because you're going to be sending me your video. Uh, you know, have your, your first name, underscore last name, uh, underscore uh, phone number. Just, you know, I can get in touch with you or email address and send it to me through, might be wetransfer.com. I can't tell you how many times people will send me videos or even headshots that are labeled uh, 2019 headshot. I don't know who this person is. Exactly. It's like, man, you've got to, besides the fact you always want to follow instructions from, you know, casting folks, but you've got to let people know who you are because if you're sending out an audition and your name is not attached to it or they don't know how to get in touch with you they're gonna just delete it now look as an actor I'm much more sensitive to other actors and mm -hmm. I will do everything I can to follow up and see if I can match the video with somebody's headshot and then email them and say hey did you see mm -hmm. most casting directors look they just don't have the time or perhaps the interest to do that so anyhow in the hard copy letter yeah make sure your contact information is in there so not only will they see your name they'll see your face and they easily know how to get in touch with you and yeah I mean normally I wouldn't say hey um, you know if something comes up let me know that, that's pretty much implied but what I will do is hey just you know booked a um, you know a feature film uh, that was written and directed by um, Oh, actually, what's his name? Because it was supposed to come out. It's called Irresistible. John Stewart, starring Steve Carell. So my say, hey, just, uh, you know, book this job, uh, written and directed by John Stewart, starring Steve Carell. Um, you know, hope we get a chance to work together in you know, the near future. I'm not pushing, you know, saying, hey, just let's hope we can work together. And so it's just, it's just a way of planting and continuing to let them know I'm successful. Um, I am booking jobs, which in turn implies I can make you money. And, and that's really what it's all about with agents. Look, you could be the most talented person in the world. You could have the best look in the world. You could be the nicest person in the world. But if you're never getting auditions, forget about the jobs, because those are, and we can talk about that later. But if you're not even getting auditions for the jobs, then at some point the agent is probably going to drop you because you know they're they're doing it. this is a business that they're running and the way that they make money 
is by people getting a chance to audition and hopefully booking the job. So anyhow, I just think it's really, really important to stay in touch with these people. And even like right now, of course, there's nothing shooting. But you know what? You could send an email to your agent or casting director or uh, somebody from an ad agency or producer, director, you know, who, hey, just wanted to check in, see how you're doing. I hope everything is okay. Give a couple pieces of information about you. And once again, it's just a way of staying in touch with them. That's it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so coming back to where we are now, you know, stuck in the house, working from home, figuring out the remote thing, the, the, the self-submit, even you, they're, they're, they're asking actors to even sort of semi-produce their scenes from their home studio. Now is the time to even study up on that, study up on a second craft. How do I produce? There's a million videos on YouTube million videos to Google or to, to look up on YouTube, how to blankety blank, how to produce a video from home, how to produce a video from your iPhone, how to do this, how to do that. And then there's, so this is downtime central. This is downtime side, side hustle study, supplementary income central right now. And independent stuff, Uber independent stuff, YouTube web series podcast, but like you said, get your get yourself out there, produce your own thing, and make yourself more than just an actor. Make yourself more of maybe a public figure, uh, a, a, a speaker, a motivational motivational speaker, motivational blogger, emotional most motivational social figure. To what because. What people don't realize in the last five years that I've seen a lot of famous YouTubers, a lot of these online YouTubers that were famous on YouTube, they were getting booked in a lot of independent stuff on YouTube, uh, on, excuse me, uh, Netflix originals, Hulu originals, uh, King, King Batch, oh, geez, what's his name? Um, John uh, Paul, I think is Paul, John Paul, something or other. I'm forgetting names now. There's so many of them. Um, the guys from Buff Dudes, these workout guys that are kind of funny on YouTube are getting put into other people's productions on YouTube Red or Netflix or Prime or Hulu. Um, the guys from Workaholics, uh, there's a show on, there, there was a show on Comedy Central called Workaholics. These three guys were, were comedy writers and, and YouTubers. And even, I think even earlier before YouTube, if you remember break.com or e-bombs. No, <laughs> so there was break.com, there was e-bombs.com, and then pretty much YouTube phased it out. And those guys just put all their stuff from break and e-bombs onto YouTube. But these guys were, you know, making their funny little skits. Same with uh, Donald Glover got hmm. noticed off of YouTube. He was making some ridiculously funny stuff. And then it got, I guess, on, went on funny, funnyordie.com, which then got picked up into, he got casted into community. Then he made a, Atlanta on FX. And it just kind of progressed from there. And now he's in Spider-Man. He's in Solo, a Star Wars movie, you know, things of that nature. And Wait, is he the guy who graduated from Towson? Donald Glover? Or am I thinking of, there's another Glover who I think who graduated from Towson, who had tremendous success in the industry. Well, I know that the guy who produced The Haunting of Hill House is a, is a Towson grad. Uh, pff, mm, I'm looking at Donald Glover's, 
bio right now, and it, I don't see anything about Towson. Because I, I remember he, he, at one point he used to do thing or whoever whoever I'm thinking of, I want to say Glover. Uh, he used to come to Towson periodically because I remember when I was there, I went to hear him speak. Um, and then there was the guy, and once again, this is before your time. I want to say David Schultz. Was there? There was a guy Schultz. He was also graduated from Towson, who was in that huge television show, and I'm not going to remember the name of it. I'm going back <laughs> so many years. Um, was a guy named Jeff Papard or something? Or Oh, boy. Um, I'm kind of grasping uh, for straws here. Um, but yeah, there have been you know a couple of people from that department who've uh, gone on to do some pretty amazing things. So let me see. Are you thinking of... Mark Duplass? Nope. No. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. All right. I, later. I know there's. I know there's a couple people. Uh, I know Amy Schumer's a Towson grad. Right. Um, and uh, you know she she kind of took off, but uh, this was way 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 before her. I mean, I'm talking about because because the guy that I'm thinking of, and I want to say his last name is Glover. Um, I could be wrong. He he might have been there late sixties before. I mean, way before oh, okay. early seventies, something like that. No idea. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I think uh, Amy Schumer was was there when I was there. So that's all that my friends and all my fellow grads talk about. Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer. So I guess you know, with, with her success, um, I don't, I'm not sure if Lu, Julie Louise Dreyfus went went to Towson or she's just kind of from the area and that was her story on Seinfeld oh no I don't think she went to Towson she okay. um she did grow up I want to say like in at least for part of her life like Chevy Chase area yeah okay something like okay. that because I think um, I, I yeah I think they kind of made that the story for her character on Seinfeld that she went to Towson Oh really? Yeah. So uh, you know things. Uh, things are always getting. Well, Larry, and, yeah. and Larry David went to University of Maryland, college. That Park. I that I do know. Yeah. So maybe that you know he was. I mean he's from New York, but I guess that was, you know, who's known in the area. Yeah. I actually I was in the music department at Towson. So okay. when I used to walk to my car, I used to walk through the uh, theater department, and I was always so envious. People seemed happy. People seem to be doing fun things together. And here I was sitting in a practice room, you know, for six hours a day, just isolated. And I just thought, boy, that seems like a lot of fun. So I always uh, have fond memories of the theater department at Towson, even though I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. So it's funny. It's funny you mentioned Larry David. So, so there was a, there was a gig. This was years ago, maybe I want to say 10 years ago. Yeah, maybe eight years ago. I'm not sure. Um, but there was this gentleman who I re responded to a, this, this crew gig. He was looking for a, uh, a fellow writer, producer to jump on this indie project. He want to shoot a pilot. And to the, to the best of my ability, to the best of my knowledge, I believe it was Kenny Kramer, who, who was the inspiration for Cosmo Kramer. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't ask him like up front, are you the guy that they, that he based Kramer off of, but he just said that, but he just said that, you know, he went, he claimed to have gone, went to university of Maryland with Larry and, uh, was in the, 
Army Reserve with Larry. And I said, okay, you know, so I'm taking- Larry David was in the Army Reserve? Larry David, I think, did one contract in the Army Reserve, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it's- I and it's that one. And that's, that's an even funnier, that's an even funnier story because I, I never knew that throughout all of Seinfeld. I never even really knew of Larry David when I was a kid watching Seinfeld. I, I, I fell into Larry David with Kirby Enthusiasm, obviously. And there was an episode where, you know, they're, they're trying to start up this restaurant and Kirby Enthusiasm, they're trying to start up that restaurant. And he wants the uniforms to kind of be like chow hall uniforms. And, you know, the guy, the guy that plays Jeff Green in the show, he plays his manager. He says, what do you know about chow hall? He goes, I, I, was in the, I was in the army. He goes, when? He goes, it was a long time ago. Don't worry about it. I don't care. And apparently he had like a very quick stint. Um, and, and, and from what I know, his, his, his service in the Army Reserve was, you know, it was fine. It was honorable. He got out. Everything was A-OK. But the last person you would imagine would have, you know, but a lot of people don't realize that Ice-T was, uh, Ice-T did four years as well, or three years. He, really? Yeah, he got out as a specialist and then went back to, you know, Compton and did his whole thing in, in, in Compton, L.A. or whatever. Wow. A lot of people did, you know, a quick contract, I think, just to maybe see what other options are out there for them. But this was way before Seinfeld when he did this Army, uh, uh, Larry did this Army Reserve thing. So there was this whole thing. And I'm looking at this guy and I think, you know, is this, is this guy, is this guy the real Kramer? And, you know, and then a couple of years, a couple of years ago, I tried to look up this guy and find old emails and I couldn't, I couldn't find these old emails because, you know, you, things get deleted anyway. Um, funny little, funny little pointless side note there, but, um, personally, um, I mean, I, I think we've dealt a little bit about, uh, about how you've been personally impacted, but if you want to, um, maybe recap and say, uh, um, if you, if you don't mind, you know, like you're married, you said, you said the kids are out of the house, you know, how is the family, how is the personal life impacted with this whole shut in thing now? Yeah, it's hard. I've got elderly parents and I used to, and they, they only live about, I don't know, five, six minutes from me or a 10 minute run or something like that. And so I used to go over there all the time and I stopped going into their apartment. I just think it's too dangerous. I mean, I feel fine, but you know, I have no idea if I'm asymptomatic, you know, there's no way of knowing. So it's tough. So sometimes uh, I'll meet them outside or they're on their balcony and I'm kind of looking up, talking to them a little bit. And, but you know, I used to go in there and try to fix things and, you know, telephones are always breaking. And, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, it's hard and not being able to see my son and daughter-in-law, um, and their dogs, who I love mm-hmm. as well. It's, it's, it's hard. My daughter, she lives in DC and she works in a hospital in DC and that makes me nervous. Um, but you know, that's, that's her job and she's helping people. And so that's a great thing, but yeah, it's, it's, and, but it's just, it's, it's weird, you know, just not being able to inter- interact with people. It, it, it was interesting. I, I did a workshop in New Jersey. There was an agency that I worked with and she wanted me to work with uh, her talent. And so brought me up to Jersey. And this was the very beginning of March. And so there was like some talk of things going on. It, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad at all at this point, but and I'm normally, uh, I'm not, I'm not a worrier. Um, 
and so, but even for this, I decided I'm not shaking people's hands. I'm not hugging people, which is something I normally do. Yeah. Um, and it felt weird to me. I didn't know if I was being, you know, kind of being portrayed as like, you know, one of these crazy people and stuff. And I just said, like, I, I just want to, let me just put it out there. I can't do this right now. You know, can't shake, can't hug, just can't do it. And, and, I, and I apologize because that's just not my normal nature, but I just, I just don't want to take a chance right now. And then like a week later, boom, you know, things started to, things started to hit. And it's funny because in my workshops, um, I typically will talk about an experience, a bad experience that I once had with a casting director at an audition where I uh, walked in and casting director said, oh, you know, how you doing? And, uh, you know, how are you? And I, you know, put out my hand to, you know, shake the casting director. I said, hey, I'm doing well. How about you? And the casting director, and this is, this is years ago, the casting director, she just put up her hands like this because she didn't want to touch my hands. Mm-hmm. And my hand is out like this, and I'm thinking, this is really weird. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my hand at this point. So I kind of slowly put my hand down. And now I've got, an, I've got to do an audition, and yeah. my brain is just flying in a million different directions, and I'm uncomfortable, and it feels bad. And so I always would tell people, I said, look, when you go to an audition, um, don't put your hand out. You know, if they want to extend their hand and shake their hand, great. And otherwise, just go, hey, nice to see you. I always do that. It's like, how you guys doing? Yep. Mm-hmm. So you don't get into that awkward moment. But, man, the world has changed. And I don't know that people are ever, you know, going to want to, you know, shake your hand when you walk into a room. Uh, if you don't, well, even if you do know, it doesn't make any difference. So uh, anyhow, so when you're just talking about, how it's impacted and changes it's it's it's, it's very different you know you go to a grocery store and you're know, wearing gloves yeah, know, yeah plastic gloves and, and i've got like a little mask and it's like it's weird and and you know just running in and out i mean that's the only place i go that's the only time i'm at except for if i go out for a run aside from that or if i'm you know cutting my lawn and doing that kind of but i, I just don't i don't go anywhere so but here's the crazy thing. And I, and I'm not, I'm not diminishing anything that's going on. It's not really that, that different than my normal life. I mean, if I'm not at an audition or I'm not working, I'm at home. So I'm used to being home all day. I'm used to being in front of a screen all day. That part is not uh, really any kind of change for me. Now it's weird. My wife's a teacher to have her home that that's unusual. And so she's got to do everything online now, which is just a really tough way to try to teach and learn how to do it uh, and have students who have the capabilities to do this stuff. So um, it's, it's just, it's very different. And like, you know, like, I know, I just, I kind of feel like take, take in the experience, see what's happening and then adapt. Yeah. And that's, that's what you have to do. You have to learn how to adapt just like, like you were, we were talking about before with home auditions, every audition prior to coronavirus, every audition I did for projects in Atlanta, they were all online auditions. I think once, I think once I traveled to Atlanta for an audition. Now, if I get a call back, then I do have to go down there. Um, so that's just, 
change in the industry. And like with anything else in life, you have to learn how to adapt in this world. And so this is, this is a time where you're going to be doing some major adapting. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, to, to, to caveat off of that, you know, as far as procrastination, this is the time to not procrastinate. You have housework, you have side projects, you have hobbies, you have passion projects. You know, this is the time to not procrastinate because procrastination screwed me out of a big thing that we could be having in life right now. And that is my mom is very low tech. (coughs) She's, you know, in her late sixties and she's very, very low tech. She still has a rotary phone in her kitchen that she uses to answer the phone and make calls. She's like spinning that freaking thing. And, and so for the longest time, I wanted to put this program on her computer so I could remote in from my computer to help her. The computer's not working. Okay, turn, uh, you know, turn it off, turn it back on again. I'll, re- I'll remote in. I'll see what's wrong. Let me, let me, let me download, let me, uh, let me uh, install this new program on there. Let me, install, let me install Zoom. Let me install Google Hangouts, and I'll do this, that, and the other thing for you. Okay, I see what the problem is, blah, 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 blah. Kept procrastinating. Oh, I don't want to go over there. You know, the wife's pregnant. Um, uh, you know, my mom keeps me there. If I go over there and it's supposed to be a 15-minute thing, it's going to turn into an hour and a half thing. And mom, <laughs> you know, uh, mom, I have, the, <clears throat> I have this gig. I'll come over tomorrow. Uh, I got another gig. I'll come over tomorrow. And I kept procrastinating, procrastinating. Now, now's the time. And her webcam doesn't work. And, and she, I tried to walk her into installing this one program so I could remote in. She couldn't figure it out. So with her, it's Google Hangouts. With everybody else, it's Zoom. So we have to figure out like cross, cross paths of this, that, and the other thing. And it's, and now it bit me in the ass. Yeah. Procrastination is seriously bit me in the ass right now. And that's why I say procrastination, you know, is, can be death. It's going to, and, and so now is the time personally and professionally to knock stuff out all this stuff around the house, knock it out, paint that wall, da, 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 da. knock out all this stuff because now you've got the time because there's nothing really else to do. Yeah. I mean, look, and like you're saying, you've got two choices. You can, you know, sit on your couch and eat, you know, popcorn and watch Jerry Springer reruns all day, which, you know, that could Hell be yeah, That's the best thing to do actually, but. <laughs> or, or, you know, you could try to get some things off. Although I have to tell you, so like during the day, I mean, I'm working really, really, really hard at night though. Absolutely. I'm watching, uh, I'm watching a lot of TV. So, um, I, you know, I kind of feel like I want to reward myself um, for, you know, getting some good work done during the day. And that's fun. It's fun for me. So I, I enjoy, I enjoy doing that. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That'll bring us right into our next point. Um, Cause we are on a roll We're we're kicking butt, but uh, you know, bring us right into our next point. So you say you're watching a lot of TV. What is, what is one film, one series that you binge watched or, or, you know, maybe even a book or a series of books that's, that's really blown you away. It's really captivated you, kept your mind off of the, kept your, kept your mind off the downside and off the, off the fear, yeah. off the fear of the quarantine and what have you. Sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, look, I read the paper in the morning, you mm-hmm. know, I want to know what's going on, but I do not watch news. Uh, I never, actually, I never really have. I just, I just don't enjoy getting it that way. Um, so when I am watching things, it's not, it's not going to be the news uh, mm-hmm. in the evening. 
I've really been watching a lot of great documentaries. Wow, okay. Really enjoying documentaries, a bunch of music documentaries um, that have just been fascinating uh, for me, just uh, learning about some, and once again, I know I'm kind of dating myself, but just some uh, musicians that I used to listen to all the time and learning about their lives and just being shocked um, by some of the things from Nina Simone to uh, Joe Cocker and just the whole music scene in the 70s in LA, which that stuff just really fascinated me. Um, I did, and my wife has no interest in this, but I did do the um, Tiger King okay. uh, series. I have to say, I, I, after a couple of, I, and I knew I was going to finish it. I, I was like, I knew I had to finish it. But after like two or three uh, episodes, I was getting bored. I, it's like there was nobody that I really enjoyed and found more. People were sure. just getting nastier and nastier and yeah. more bitter and angry. I was, oh, it's just not doing it. And, and honestly, I, I wasn't crazy about how it ended. It, I don't know, felt like it, it didn't really end, really end for me. Um, but I did read that there is going to be another uh, episode coming out next week on, on Netflix. But I don't, to me, I feel like uh, in, in some ways I'm kind of being used here. The guy, and I don't want to get into the whole uh, series with people, but the guy who took over, you know, this, this zoo, uh, it sounds like he's involved. And I kind of feel like it's just we're being manipulated here just for him to get more airtime and more sure. exposure. And more, uh, so I, I will That's probably watch it, but. And, and I, pre I appreciate your take on it. I have not watched it, but just about everybody raves about it. you got to watch it. It's so addictive. It's so intense. It's so crazy. Da, 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 da. And it's unique, for, it's unique for, for, for one person to tell me there's nothing, from, there's nothing positive or redeeming for me to watch it for. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's like, look, I don't need to have an uplifting project to watch. I mean, yeah. there are plenty of projects. Lots of things I love. Look, I love, I love uh, people in jail. I love people in jail. Let me phrase that a little bit differently. I love, <laughs> I, I love um, watching things about jail, murder. Uh, it, it fascinates me. I find that really interesting. Okay. Um, so it doesn't, it's not that it's not a positive thing. I just feel like there's no change in the character. It's just the same crap right. you know, week after week after week. And it's like, all right, I got it. Okay. Yeah. I got it. All right. I got it. And so if there was something new that really jumped out at me that I would find interesting. One thing that I have started doing just because especially at night before I go to sleep, I need, and I watch it with my wife just needs something to completely take me to another place. And I don't, know, I don't know if you remember the show Cheers. Um, yeah. But, and I never, I, I used to watch it, but I, I, I'm sure I, I didn't watch every episode. Not, so started from the very beginning. I didn't know there were 11 seasons of that show. Oh, yeah. 11 seasons. And it is such a well-written show and incredible. The acting is just great and the characters are wonderful. And it actually makes me laugh. And this is old, you know, this is old stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I, we watch all kinds of some like British, British detective things, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Hinterland and stuff. I think, I think that's on Amazon. 
Um, although I, had to, I do have to watch subtitles for some of those shows. It's like the dialects are so hard. Like all, the, co- just, all the Cockney accents and stuff like that. Yeah, Cockney and, and sometimes Scottish. And, and mm-hmm. so, um, so I, mean, I mean, the thing that is so amazing in today's time period, I mean, look, yeah, we're kind of shut in. If you are fortunate enough to have access to this stuff, there are so many great things, and I know, you know maybe it's not the most intelligent thing to be saying here, but there are great things on television. I really, I love watching a lot of these things, and 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 then there's still like the regular. I still like Homeland, uh, you know, although it's only once a week, and and then there's some other. Just uh, there, there are lots of really good shows that I, I find I find interesting, and like even like with Homeland, like sometimes I'm watching it and I'm starting to. There, sometimes there's just some things that are just, I don't, I just don't buy it. Like, and, and once again, here, we're just having this personal conversation. This is a couple of years ago. And I, for people who watched Homeland, they'll, they'll get it. So it, did you, is that a show that you watch or have watched? I think I left off season two or three, so I'm not caught up. Okay. But, so, but, yeah. and this might've been season three. I can't even remember because this is when, Oh gosh, I just forgot the guy's name. The guy who's on Billions, Damian Lewis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is when Damian Lewis and you know what? It's okay to have a spoiler alert. Yeah, it's spoiler been, alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, so when when he gets killed, mm-hmm. when he gets killed, uh, all of a sudden, um, no! Oh my gosh, what's her name? Uh, who stars Claire, in it? Claire, Claire Danes. Danes. Yeah. So when he's being executed. And Claire Dane starts to climb the fence because she's on the other side of the fence, you know, to try. Oh, come on, really? You're going to start doing this guy? So it's like every once in a while, there's some things that kind of take the reality out for me, even just like with House of Cards. Look, look, I, I had a recurring role in that show. I love that show. But sometime, every once in a while, and especially towards the end, there were just things in it that just seemed a little silly to me and it, and it just took me away from the reality of it because it was it was such I, I thought that, that most of the seasons were just unbelievable it was groundbreaking like it was the yeah. first if I'm, if I'm correct I think it was the first streaming television show on Netflix and it was groundbreaking House of Cards this was never done before and they yeah. didn't even have to shoot a pilot they were given enough money for two seasons up front, just based on the players there. House of Cards was. Yeah, House of yeah. Cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, without a doubt, was one of the highlights of my career. I mean, getting a chance to, to work on three episodes, um, that, was, that was something. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of times people, I'll hear actors talk about, you know, I auditioned for this project, you know, four times or five times, or I've auditioned with this casting director on various projects, you know, five or six times. Apparently they don't want me because I don't even know why I'm going in there. They keep calling me in, but I never booked the job. Well, for that show, it was the 15th audition over two years when I booked it. And what people need to understand is you're not going to get a second chance to audition with a casting director unless they really liked what you did they don't want to waste their time so not booking the job is not necessarily any statement about you or your audition or your acting skills for whatever reason 
you were not the perfect person for that role. Plain and simple. And, and look, maybe you did a horrible audition. Maybe you weren't very good. Of course, there are lots of reasons why you don't book it. But you know, I'm just a perfect example. 15 times they brought me in and I did, I call back, never booked it until the 15th one. And I think that just goes to prove there are so many factors that go into booking somebody and not booking somebody that has nothing to do with your acting skills or your audition. You know, there are just too many, too many other things going on that are out of your control. Yeah. Um, I forget. I, and I, I, I'm not, I, I think it was from your site. You, you said something similar to that where it's just, you might be one inch too short. Oh, of course. You might. Oh, absolutely. You know, they, you, oh, go ahead. I'm just going to give you one other really quick example. So I auditioned for one of those uh, NCIS shows in New York this number of years ago, went in to read and I saw the headshot of the person who was guest starring on that episode. And it, it was a, uh, I don't know, he was like you know, 17 years old, 18 years old, something like that. And I was supposed to be playing his father. I looked at the headshot. And in a split second, I knew that my, my uh, bus ride up to New York, throwing it out the window, spending an entire day throwing it out the window. I'm not getting this job because I didn't look anything like the kid. There was no, unless this kid was adopted, which he wasn't in the, in the episode, there's no way I'm going to get cast as his father. Mm -hmm. And so once again, kind of like with everything in life here, I had two choices. I could either be pissed, you know, what was my agent thinking? Why am I doing this? I just wasted all this time and money and just feel angry. That's one thing that you could do. The other way to view it is, hey, look, I know I'm not going to get the job, but I'm going to get a chance to audition for a really good casting director. Yep. I'm hoping they're going to say, hey, like the audition, but he's not getting it because he's just not right for the role. But we'll keep him in mind for other things. You know, and so. I think it's just really important to have a good mental understanding of the realities of the industry. Mm -hmm. And because it is easy to get burned out, it is easy to feel anger and bitterness. And I mean, you see it in, in, in our community with yeah. people and they are comparing themselves to you and, you know, they don't want to give you any information uh, about the industry because, you know, you're, you might be, you know, competing with them. And then if they tell you about something, then you might get the job. And look, and once again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do. It's just not a way I like to live my life. And so when people contact me and they, you know, ask me for contact or they ask me you know, for information, you know, my thought is, why not, you know, build a community of people who are sharing information with you. And yeah. to me, that just seems like a much nicer way to live your life. So anyhow, I, I've just, I've learned a, a lot by doing those kinds of things in this industry. Absolutely. And, and a lot of people, and, and, and I remember the point, um, a lot of people have come up to me and said, you know, how are you getting these acting gigs? And I'm like, here's this website, this website, this website, this website, one, this one's free and it's phenomenal. This one you got to pay for, it's phenomenal. This one you pay for, it's kind of okay. A lot of people suggest it. I, da, 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 da. And I've had other people say, like, you know, what if he takes your gig? And, I'm, and, and I say, well, in the, well, so for this particular case, I said, 
that guy's black. He's not going to take my gig if they're looking for a white guy. Yeah. Or, but, but then, but then again, I remember the point I was trying to make. I say I, I, I auditioned for something and I didn't get it. Oh, do I suck? No. Chances are they rewrote it and they didn't want a white guy anymore. They wanted a black guy or they didn't want a male. They wanted a female or they wanted a, a, a Latino or a Latina, you know, while we're auditioning, that writer and director is probably making changes while they're auditioning, but they already put that audition out notice out and they're looking for such and such and such and such. But now um, the writer and director is in their office changing up the whole movie. And so they're, now, they want, they, now, they, now they want this character to be a woman. They're going to go to the audition, the, 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 the women's auditions for a different role, but they're going to see like she didn't, she didn't read it well for the role she was auditioning for. But I like the way she read it for the role that we just changed to a woman. There's all these different cogs and, and machines and gears working. And so well, even, and even guys that look like me, I'll tell them, go to this, go to this, go to this. Because in, in that regard, I need that help. So I'm gonna give it. I'm not gonna be a douchebag about it. I'm not yeah. gonna, like, like you're saying, don't cut people off. Uh, I auditioned, or no, I submitted to this thing in Baltimore looking for Marines and looking for, I think it was Lebanese aid workers. So I submitted, but I also, would I even tell him, I submitted my buddy. My buddy got it. And he didn't even submit to it. He calls me up, dude, I just got this phone call. And I'm like, oh yeah, bro, I submitted you. I forgot to tell you I submitted you. Well, they want me to, they want me to come in tomorrow. I'm like, well, then go. Well, like, dude, what are you doing? Just go. Oh, are you working on it? Uh, they didn't call me back, but I just yeah. straight up, I just, because I saw what they were looking for, and the guy looked exactly, my buddy looked exactly like some of these examples they said. Yeah, and you know, and even even if, if they do wind up, you know, in another kind of audition, and they do wind up hiring, you know, a white male in your category, they didn't change all that stuff. The fact is, Maybe you're too tall. Maybe you're too short. Maybe yeah. you're in too good a shape. You're not in good enough shape. Maybe you, you remind the director of her ex-husband who she can't stand. Who right. knows? And, and, you know, when you're talking about you go in and you do an audition, you don't know what's going to happen. That's exactly what happened to me when I read for a role on Gotham. So went in and I read for the role of, um, it was a, uh, I was the leader of a phobia group. All these people had phobias, and um, I'm the yep. uh, the person who's leading the group. I know the episode you're talking about, so I have to go back okay, cool. and try to find. And it. so, um, I don't know. It's like two, three days later. Uh, agent called, and he said, "Well, I got some good news and bad news." I said, "Well, I want to hear the bad news first. I always like bad news first, yep. so I'm something to look forward to." Rip the bandaid right off. Yep. Yeah, and he said, "Well, bad news is they cut the rollout that you auditioned for." It's just not happening. So, okay, so what's the good news? He goes, they liked your audition. They want to offer you a, a, con a weak contract for another role on the show. See, and exactly. um, he said, you want to take it? I said, yeah, I want to take it. So you just, you just don't know what, what happens. You go in there and, and like everybody has different philosophy. We're just talking about audition. Everybody has different philosophies with auditioning. Some people, and it's not right or wrong, it's depending on what's right for you. Some people go in and they visualize. 
You know, they're going to go in there and they're, if it's a film, film, they're going to see themselves on the red carpet. They're going to see themselves getting the Academy Award. They're going to be seeing themselves making the speech, thanking all these people. If that works for you and that gives you confidence, do it. It doesn't work for me. I tried it once and I found it really embarrassing. Uh, I didn't even get a call back. So I have a very different take for auditioning. And mine is, and I'm not, it's not a psychological game. I truly believe I'm not going to book the job. I, I, I really believe that because I know there's just so many factors. And I'm not saying I'm horrible. I'm not any good. Nobody's going to want. It's just there are so many factors that go into booking and not booking a job. So my number one goal for every audition that I go on is to have a good time. That's my number one goal. I'm not Thank even you. thinking about booking Thank because you. I know I'm not going to get it. And, and then a second goal is I want to learn from the experience. Sometimes I walk out of an audition and I think, hey, I did everything I wanted to do in there. It felt good. I got some direction from the casting director. And I felt like I followed it well. Or maybe I didn't. And what happened? What blocked me from doing that? Did I screw up in there? And, and those are my, that's my first and second goal for every audition. And I'm not thinking about booking it because I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to book it. And, and I find that it helps relax me a little bit more. Not to say I don't get nervous for auditions. I do. Um, I mean, nobody would ever know it, but I, I feel that nervous energy flying through me. Um, but I know that when casting directors, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but they're like sharks. They can smell blood. They can smell desperation a mile away. And if you go in there and think, oh, I really want to get this shot. This is great. I got to get a chance to work with this act. They can smell that. And that's not who they want to work with. They want to work with people who are confident, people who have this thought of, hey, if I booked a job, great. If I don't, that's great. I'll get something else. Mm-hmm. That's so, you know, I, I think those things can be really helpful when you're actually going into an audition. Exactly. And, and, and you hit the nail right on the head. I've put this out on so many other, you know, episodes and, and, and previous media and previous things is that you have to love what you do. You have to have a good time. It's got to be fun to you. You can make a billion dollars at something and absolutely hate life. Uh, you know, um, not, getting, not getting too political, but, you know, Trump finally got the presidency. He does not look like he's enjoying the presidency. I mean, I don't think any president really, and not just Trump, you know, Obama aged 20 years in eight years. Trump looks like he's aged 20 years in eight years. George W. Bush went from having brown hair in 2000 to all white in 2008. Like yeah. you could look at these pictures. I mean, clearly maybe they like it, but it's such a tough, I doubt that they even enjoy their work after like one term, but, but you have to, you, you, true success comes from doing something that you love. You might only make 50 a year, you know, might only make a hundred a year, but if you love what you do, you go in and it's, I love, I love this process. I might book it. I might not. I just love this freaking process. It's just so fun that if I even do get the gig, then just the process of acting. Is it, a, is it gonna be a great show? Am I making you know, a million a year? No, but is it a great show? It's kind of an all right show, but it's such a great fun process that when you watch that show on Netflix or whatever, it's an okay show, but you just love watching because like I'm in it. I love being in it. I loved working on it, the whole process. Um, there, was an, uh, there, was a, there was a casting agency or a casting um, director 
what it, I, I can't remember what it was called, what, what, what they consider themselves. I must have auditioned. Casting directors. Maybe yeah, casting directors not, in, in this yeah, area, not, yeah. We're not casting agents because that will that, that pisses them off and also okay. pisses off agents. So, yeah, they're casting directors. But I must have auditioned for 15 different things for this one casting director. Never uh-huh. got it. Never got it. But then they sent me to a production company to audition for them. They said, you know, you're, gonna, you're actually going to audition for them at their studio. You're not going to come to our office for this one. I booked it there. Then the very, and then two days later, I got a call from the same casting director. Um, the same production company shooting something totally different. Do you want, and their actor bowed out. Can you be in Baltimore? Well, it was a little further north of Baltimore. Can you be, can you be at this place? tomorrow at about noon. Yep. Okay. I booked two gigs, <laughs> not even trying because I went and saw them 15 different times that I yep. didn't get something. These, these gigs were pretty well paying up front. And then it was a plumbing commercial. And then it was a, uh, you know, DAP caulk. I was, I'm on, yeah, their, sure. I'm on, I'm on their website. Oh, wow. And so my wife is still getting texts very rarely. Well, very rarely now, but she's still getting texts every once in a while. Just saw the commercial again. But for like a good year and a half, she was getting a text once a week. Just saw the commercial again. Just saw the commercial again. Just saw the commercial again. I'm getting texts. Did I just see you in a freaking commercial? <laughs> and, I, and I do crew work and I do AV work at live events and I do live streaming. And I got people coming up to me like, did I just see you on this, this commercial? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so it's like these, those little glory moments where that's what makes and that's what refuels the love of the work. You know, you have to love it. You because quality of life too goes into it. If you're constantly chasing or trying to like, trying to, Oh, tax, I gotta, I gotta work with this tax specialist to like, you know, cut around these tax loopholes or da, 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 or just, or make a decent amount of money, fall into an easier tax bracket, pay your taxes, love life, decent quality of life, decent home. You don't have a 5,000 acre mansion. You got a, you got a quaint home. You're on TV, people see you, you love what you do, your ego is fluffed just enough to where it's a quality of life. It, it, it's, it's a perfect unison of all sorts of elements to where it's just a quality of life. Yeah. Your, your work, your per- professional life, your personal life, family life, your health, because stress can be detrimental. You know, there are people that have, you know, they're multi-million, multi-millionaires that are so out of shape and so unhealthy and die early as opposed to, you know, artists that just make ends meet, but they're loving life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, and I, I've, I've been very fortunate when my kids were, were young, I took them to school every day, you know, unless I had a gig or an early audition, some, you know, somewhere, but pretty much um, I was the one who took them to, to school every day. And most of the time I was there for all their athletic games and stuff you know once again less on but you know normally for me probably the longest shoot i ever had was a couple of weeks um on a project so a lot of times for me it's you know the day two three days something like that so i was around you know for them and uh, like once again I, I i feel really lucky to have been in that position to do what i love doing and also have a lifestyle that allowed me to spend a tremendous amount of time with my family, which is, that's you know, unusual for, you know, 
most people. Like I have lots of friends who are professionals, other kinds of professionals, and you know, the doctors and lawyers, and, and it's like these people put in crazy hours, you know, and it's, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't give you as much freedom, you know, as when you are uh, working for yourself. But, and to be perfectly honest, on the flip side, there are times when things are slow and I think, man, I wish I had a daytime job. That would be, that would be nice to have a guaranteed income and things like that. But, uh, you so, know, yeah. those are moments that pop up for me, but like, I, I, sometimes I, so I'm just so lucky. You yeah. I've been able to do this for such a long time. I have those moments where I'm looking for the full-time job, but it's, it's, it's very specific. You know, again, I have to love what I do. So I'm looking for very specific full-time jobs and, I, and a lot of times I don't get them. Maybe I'm not just technically proficient, like some of the, some of the other people that are booking it, but got to work on that. But uh, I guess, you know, I guess that, you know, with that, we'll segue right into our next point, which would be what, what would you say is your next agenda, your next goal or set of goals your next plan set of plans for say the next month to two months from now? Yeah. So I've never been a great person with goal setting. Never, okay. never in my life. Um, and I, and, and I'm always, I'm always kind of envious. There are people I know who have these benchmarks and stuff. I've always just kind of, kind of go with the flow and what feels right in the moment. I mean, and having said that, like it's not, everything is not so haphazard. I'm working on a new website or having that done right now. Um, so that, that is a major thing. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to take a while, but that is a, a big thing. And uh, certainly I, I would like to have a lot more people subscribing to my YouTube channel. Always. I just want to build a much bigger community of people helping each other. And I know the content there is incredibly helpful, but you know, you've got to find, you know, people have to find you. So, you know, I'm probably going to be in search of someone perhaps to help uh, bring those people in. I mean, just something that I've learned a long time ago is that uh, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not great at. And so I always like to find people who are great at something and work with them, you know, on, yeah. on, uh, with things. So one of them is, you know, social media in general and, uh, just getting my information out there, you know, for more people. So that, that, that's going to uh, definitely be an ongoing thing. I've got things like I've got my newsletter that's a quarterly publication and I've got to get that one done because it's due in April sometime. So I, I'm working on that. Um, and I'm still um, creating new uh, works online workshops for agencies that are having me do this kind of stuff online. So I've got a lot, lot on my plate right now. Um, but as far as like specific, you know, like real specific uh, goals, I don't really have any. Um, I just like to kind of do what, like I said, what feels right uh, and just kind of have my eyes and ears open. So if something sounds interesting to me, I'll go, Oh, let me check that one out. And then I'll do that. And that might take me, you know, down a whole other path. Look, I, I never thought in a million years that I'd write a book. Actually, I've written two books now. The first one was how to become a successful commercial model. And this one's how to become a successful actor and model. Never would have guessed in a million years that I'd be an author. Never would have guessed I'd be uh, one of the featured writers for backstage. Um, but they have me writing articles every month for them. 
you, you just never know what paths you might go on when you just open yourself up and check things out. Yeah. Well, uh, in, in, in your defense, it sounds like you did just uh, tell us about a whole agenda and plans that you have, but, but with, with the ability to wing it and um, jump at any additional opportunity. So fantastic. yeah. And be flexible enough flexibility. To, to experiment and look Absolutely. into other things. Um, but I guess, I mean, like I know people who have projections and they have dates and they have, mm -hmm. I'm just not, my brain just has never really worked that way. And, um, like I said, I'm you know, a little bit jealous of people who, who are, uh, who are able to think, you know, in those terms, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just not how I do things. And, sure. um, so, but yeah, of course, I mean, there are specific things that I, I, I want to get done. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you, you, you mentioned a great point, community helping each other. I think right now people are able to slow down, you know, being trapped in the house, people want to reach out somehow, some way. And I think with social media, with, 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 uh, te with te technology, with this online digital technology we have for the past 10, 15 years, now is the time where people are reaching out, trying to find new and, and obscure, more creative, more abstract things to watch, to read to check out, to absorb, to connect with. And I think that's where, you know, you and I and a lot of other uh, aspiring this, that, and the others are gonna be able to, you know, uh, take a chunk out of, to really sink their teeth in and, and really, uh, you know, benefit from. And still it's tricky, you know, we still had to find a way to hashtag it the right way or do tags the right way or, you know, promote it in, in such a way that people would see it. So we still have to do that, that those tools are still there and, and that structure is still there that we still have to promote it one way or another. People are just not going to find it. I think people are going to find it easier. Uh, people, people are going to find it not easier, but people are going to find it quicker now because they're just knocking stuff out because they're not going anywhere and they're not, they're, they're just, just, they're just doing nothing but yeah. online stuff. <laughs> Yeah, but the, and, and that's why, look, that's why I'm, you know, still trying to find the perfect person to, to help me with social media, because honestly, that, that's a full-time gig, you know, and you want somebody who understands the science of the hashtags and things like that. Oh, yeah. So, because uh, that's just not something that I am an expert at. You know, I know the basics, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd like to work with somebody who really knows how to do it. In, in the proper way too, you know, not, you know, Hey, I can get you to be uh, number one in Google searches, you know, uh, you know, I, I want to do it uh, legitimately and, and naturally. And um, so, but you're, you're right. You know, you can, it, it's kind of like with an actor, look, you can be the greatest actor in the world, but if people don't know who you are, you're going to be sitting in your house for the rest of your life. Exactly. Exactly. Which, which leads me to my next point. If you could leave the audience, the, my, the viewers, with one point, one key advice, maybe even one word to leave them with. It doesn't have to be just one word, but um, you know, one point, one word, one piece of advice to leave them with, what would that be? Yeah, well, I guess it's going to be more than one word. Just okay. a couple really quick things. Number one, in, especially in our industry, you can't take anything personally. Um, you know, you, you, you could never get representation, you can never get an audition, you can never get a job. And that's not any statement about who you are as a human being. And it's really easy 
for us to take it personally because what people are saying is i don't want you you know it's not like you're selling you know computers and you knock on somebody's door and they don't like macs they want a pc and they say sorry you know i'm a pc person you're selling a mac you go okay no problem you go to the it's really it's the same thing for us we're selling ourselves so you have to understand it's nothing personal these are all business decisions and that took me years to to figure out because it can be it can be hurtful you know it can be really damaging to someone's ego so that's number one number two remember you have no competition in this world and like when i go in an audition i know i have absolutely no competition i'm not saying that because i'm boasting in any way i'm just saying that because everybody brings something unique to the table mm -hmm. yeah maybe somebody's better looking maybe somebody's had more experience they have a better resume of course all those things are true but you bring something that nobody else in this world has. So, and I loved what you said about being uh, stereotyped and typecast. Yeah, absolutely, for me as well, as long as you hire me. You can bring me in as the doctor, the lawyer, the, the politician, the teacher, whatever it is, bring me in. That's all, I love working. And so let your ego fly out the window and figure out what your strength is and use that. Most importantly, if, if you are just thinking about jumping into the acting or commercial modeling industry, do it. Because if you don't, and this is, this is why I, I was actually, I was going to be a physical therapist, um, but uh, I was doing acting and commercial modeling part-time while I was taking all my prerequisites to apply to physical therapy school. And what I found was I was loving doing this work really, I was passionate. It was so much fun for me. And I knew that if I didn't give it a try, it would haunt me for the rest of my life. Every time I would see a TV commercial, I would think, I wonder if I could have done that. If I see an ad on a billboard, I wonder if I could have done that. Movies, TV shows, I wonder if I could. That I couldn't live with. Just like going to New, when I decided I wanted to go to New York, uh, and test out the waters there. And that was after four years of spending uh, time in, you know, the tri-state area here. Um, and, and I wouldn't say a lot. There were a number of people who were telling me, oh, Aaron, don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to get your heart broken. They already have 10 million, you know, actors and models there. You really think they need somebody from Baltimore? You know, it's going to be a horrible, and they kept telling me, don't do it because they were so concerned. And you know, what I learned was there are people in this world who do not want to see you succeed because exactly. oh, yeah. they don't have the courage that you do. Mm -hmm. And so they try to prevent you from doing it. I also knew I could go to New York. I could never get representation. I could never get any work. And I could live with that. I could sleep at night. I wouldn't be happy, but I could deal with that. As long as I knew I was prepared, I did everything that I felt that I should do, I could live with that. What I couldn't live with was not trying. So for those of you who are thinking about doing this kind of work, or you've been doing it for a while, but you want to either jump to the next level, you know, don't let this haunt you. Don't let other people talk you out of it. And most importantly, you know, find yourself um, the right people to surround yourself with, to get the right information. So you're not doing what me, you know, what I did and what a lot of people who just spun our wheels for years, doing things by trial and error. I didn't have any contacts. 
you know, like I said, I was going to be a physical therapist. People in my anatomy class weren't able to help me with acting and modeling. Mm -hmm. And so make sure you find someone or some people who are in the industry, who have a lot of experience, who can help guide you to give you the real information of what you need to learn. Not to say that you're, so you can, so you will have success because nobody can guarantee that, but at least, you know, you're giving yourself your best chance. So oh, yeah. if it interests you, go after it. Yeah. Just to, and just to, you know, tag off you from that, you know, that if you don't, you won't. I like but, that. But if you do, then you, there's a possibility that things could happen. But if you don't, you won't. And yep. uh, I think it was Henry Ford that said, there's, there's, two, there, there, there's two modes of thinking. I can or I can't. Both of them are right. Right? So yeah. if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. So yeah. that's, it's, up to, it's, it's entirely up to, to you. So uh, that's, that, that's awesome, Aaron. I, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, are, are there any socials? I know you got a whole slew of them, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you as long as you need to, to throw all your socials, your links. Yeah, so, so just a couple of really quick things. If you, if you want to reach out to me, you can go to howtoactmodel.com. Uh, if you are interested in the mentoring program, my online mentoring, uh, private uh, uh, mentoring programs, you can still go to howtoactmodel.com. You can find it there or to have actamodel.com slash mentoring program. Uh, for YouTube, uh, it's a little bit trickier. It's a long, it's a long address. So if you just go to YouTube, uh, just put in my name, it's, it's acting and modeling quick tips. Just as a little bit of a warning, I had an old YouTube channel, but even if you go to that one, you'll see a link to the new one and that's where you want to go. That's where I have the most updated information. It's really, you want to subscribe, click the notification button. For all the other things, uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, just go to Aaron R. Marcus. My middle name is Robert, so it's A-A-R-O-N, R. Marcus. Uh, Facebook, it's Facebook, How to Model. Uh, but but mo most importantly, really, if you guys do have any um, you know, quick questions, you want to run something by me, yeah, j just go to howtoactamodel.com. There's a contact me uh, button, and I'm more than happy to try to answer any questions that you have. Awesome. Well... All of Aaron's socials will be in the description below. All his links, uh, his YouTube, Instagram, all that. And uh, like he said, for our channel, like, subscribe, share, comment, ring the bell for notifications, thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, however you feel, I'll appreciate it and, and, and all that stuff. So thanks again to Aaron Marcus for joining oh. us. Hey, I'm and, sorry, yeah. if I could just throw, I just wanted to toss out Absolutely. one other thing. I know I mentioned at the very beginning. So yeah, I do I have a really helpful book, How to Become a Successful Actor and Model. And you can find that both on my website. You can also go to Amazon if you get it from, and I can tell you, it's a little bit cheaper on Amazon. If you get it from my website, you're going to get two free directories that will be really helpful to you. And you'll read about it if you go to uh, the website. Well, you heard, you heard it right here. Uh, check out his books, Amazon or his website, and all his links are in the description below and thanks again aaron for joining us and uh thanks for watching everybody out there check us out next time thank you see ya